the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. What are you doing for New Year's Eve? I'm trying to figure out my New Year's Eve plans. I'm thinking about going to see Craig Proopst. <laughs> it's Craig Proopst. I like mispronouncing things because it makes my producer go crazy. Um, like, for instance, I say Milopitus, not Milpitas. I know it's Milpitas, but it's more fun to say Milopitas. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on there. What are you doing for New Year's Eve? I'm, I'm interested if you've got any great ideas. It's been a while since I've had a great New Year's Eve. It's been a good while since I've had a great New Year's Eve. Now it's kind of like settling down with friends and having dinner on New Year's Eve. A couple of years ago, it's going to see some of the college bands that, you know, I was still in that just out of college age. And that was always fun to see a band on New Year's Eve. But I don't really have any college bands out on the West Coast. All my quote unquote college bands are out on the East Coast. What are your big plans for New Year's Eve? I would like to know because at this point in time, I don't have any plans. And I've come up with a new tag for myself. It's Rob Black, male prostitute. I need ideas for plans. I know you're saying Rob Black, male prostitute. That's not very catchy, but it's going to stick because I'm going to keep pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. I need ideas. What should we do for New Year's Eve? Anyway, um, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Every now and then I'm going to say something goofy. Like I think the best movie of the year last year was Inglorious Bastards just because it started in left field. I had a college professor once, <laughs> fantastic college professor. Uh, he said, your book, it's red, white, and blue, like the American flag. He was clearly a dope smoker. Um, that's my dope smoker voice, by the way. <laughs> your book. Um, he once said, if you start your papers from left field, I will automatically give you a great hire. If you do what everyone else is doing, if you analyze a... Uh, a poem, Emily Dickinson poem, my favorite poet's Emily Dickinson. If you analyze like everyone else, I'm going to give you an average grade. But if you start from left field, I'm going to reward you. So on occasion, I will say things like Inglorious Bastards, best film of the year last year because it started in left field. It's about basically the Jews winning World War II. I've never seen a movie like that. I appreciated it before that. I will balance comments like that with what are the three things I'm looking for in 2010? I'm looking for business investment, I'm looking for housing numbers, and I'm looking for hiring. Those are the three biggest things that I'm looking for. In between this show, between being telling you what's on my mind and telling you what works on Wall Street, I worked on Wall Street. I managed a billion dollars. I did good. I, I, I made money. I lost money before you even woke up. Millions of dollars. I bring that to the table for you. I want to get you to retirement. I don't want to get you wealthy in the short term. I want to get you wealthy in the long term. I want you to be that 65-year-old couple that's able to you know, spend ridiculous amounts of time with your family. Because I think we work like rats from age 20 to 60. Now, there's something kind of interesting going on. 
people slightly younger than me, they don't work like rats. For some reason, I work like a rat. Anyway, Netflix. Um, I'm going to blend all of this content together with getting you to retirement, not really having a good internal editor, but I'm also going to talk a lot of technology on this show. It's what I do well. I was a tech analyst, and I can tell you, you can make a lot of money in tech. You can lose a lot of money in tech just by following the trends. Like Netflix is in the news today, and they're really trying to convince Wall Street, and they're trying to convince movie producers that you will stream movies into your TV. Let's go to Rachel in San Francisco. Rachel, how are you? I wanted to ask you if it's a bad time to buy Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Why would you want to buy Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? Give me a couple ideas. Well, all I know is that it's backed for three years, and the stock is slightly going up. Okay, so that's all you know about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? Well, it's all I know as far as maybe I want to invest in it at the moment because something's changed. Okay, are you a wild speculator? Yes. You are a wild speculator. Mm-hmm. You could lose all your money. Well, I wouldn't put that much into both of them, and I need a lot of advice before I would do it. Okay. So here's the kicker. Mm. I'm pretty conservative with my money. Mm-hmm. I look at it as, uh, I don't really want to take too many wild chances. Yeah. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac exploded yesterday. Mm-hmm. Both of them did very, very well. Mm-hmm. Now, people say, why? Um, again, exploded on the upside. One up day does not make a good month, a good year, a good stock, right? Uh Yeah. So if you take a look at the last five years of Fannie Mae, for instance, um, what you'll see is that it's gone from a high of about $80 a share down to where it is today, a buck 29. Now, yesterday (laughs) was great. Yeah. You know, it went from 70 cents to a buck 29. It was up 50%. It was a good, good day to be Fannie Mae. Uh Now, here's what happened. And, And I don't know who you are. Rachel, I don't know if like if you need this money to live off of, don't do it. Uh-huh. If you need this, if this is like your Vegas money, uh-huh. you, you might have a play here. Oh, so but it has to be your Vegas money. It can't uh-huh. be your sandwich money. It can't yeah. be your food money. Yeah. And thanks for the call. Okay, now I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Speculators yesterday poured in Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. These are government sponsored entities. They're called GSEs. They're basically monopolies. When you're a GSE, you do well. I made a million dollars personally. On one stock called, what was it called? Network Solutions. Network Solutions. Ticker symbol is NSOL. Because it was a government-sponsored entity. They used to register domain names before anyone else registered domain names. Our United States government said, uh, ominous name is luminous. You are the gods of the internet registry. You get to register everyone. In 92, 93, 94, 95, people were like, robblack.com, uh, robblack.tv, robblack.net, robblack. Like everyone was, if you didn't have a .com, you were a loser. Right? So a government-sponsored entity could be a incredibly powerful thing. You're a monopoly. Basically, every time you roll the dice, you land on government-sponsored entity. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Um, basically, the Obama administration said, ominous name is luminous. And they gave the companies blank checks of federal support. Now, what exactly and how the government moves makes a payoff for Fannie and Freddie shareholders more likely in the long run, will it be positive or negative? Now, again, they used to cap them. They used to say, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you could only write so many checks for mortgages per year. Now they said, caps off. Now, as a banking analyst, and I'm not a banking analyst, I'm more of a tech analyst, more of an economics kind of guy, big picture, small picture. If I had to wear my hat as a banking analyst, I would say this. The United States government's giving them a blank check, and they're not going to get anything back. 
Now, in the long term, a lot of people trading these stocks probably means an hour or so. If you own Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, I think you should own it for a couple hours, a couple days most, because we already know the United States government owns 80% of them. So the reminiscent action yesterday, just it, it, it hugely reminded me of what we saw a couple months ago when Freddie Mac shares went from 62 cents to 240 by the end of August and then back down to 62 cents. So on Christmas Eve, our United States Treasury said they're going to remove previously set limits on federal financial aid for the companies. Basically, they will write, the United States will cover anything that they ask for. Now, keep in mind that Freddie Mac has borrowed $51 billion from the United States government to stay afloat as a company because they're losing money. They could write checks and then the person in Stockton, you know, says, I ain't going to pay my mortgage. Screw you guys. I'm going home. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they're on the, they're on the, they're on the tap for that. Basically, they, they back mortgages. So if your local mortgage company can get you into a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan, there's no limit anymore. Our Treasury Department did something I think is reckless. The administration said it's removing the caps to, quote, leave no uncertainty about the Treasury's commitment to support these firms as they continue to play a vital role in the housing market during the current crisis. Now, keep in mind, the government owns 80% of both firms. At some point in time, the government's going to say, well, the stock's at $2, and we're going to cash in our 80%. So Wall Street's made up of buyers and sellers. Government owns 80% of them. At some point in time, the government's going to sell their 80% share. Now, you own 100 shares. What's that going to do to you? That's going to put a lot of selling pressure on top of you. You want buying pressure underneath you, not selling pressure on top of you. So... I would say that these companies have no value. The pay packages the Treasury announced for the company's chief executives consisted exclusively of cash compensations. No shares were offered. So the CEOs of the companies, they're not even taking shares of the company because the shares have no value. I would be very, very cautious buying those. Now, again, if you want to be a gambling person, gamble. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. It, it's, it's like Vegas. The only problem is in Vegas, you get a hot hoe who brings you drinks. I should just call women waitresses hoes. That's bad of me. Bad internal editor. Okay, you get a, a hot piece of flesh bringing you drinks in Vegas for your speculative bets. At least you get the free drinks, right? So when you buy Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you ain't going to get a hot piece of meat bringing you the free drinks. Unless you hire Rob Black, male prostitute. Because then I would bring you free drinks while you're buying your Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. But you have to pay me. Anyway, you get the idea. Um, I would be very, very cautious buying those puppies. I would be very, very cautious. And thanks for the call so much. It's a great way to start the show with, boom, right out of the gate. A pretty good call. Coming up on the show, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about men's underwear. Believe it or not, it's an economic indicator. I'm going to talk a little bit about home prices. Because remember, in 2010, I'm looking for three things. Business investment, housing, and hiring. I'm going to talk a little bit about home prices. You don't want to go anywhere. I got a show that's that's too much show for you. It's more novel than War and Peace. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. You can find me online in the blog at talk910.com, talk910.com. More stimulating talk. Hi, everyone. It's me, Rob Black, here to push sugar. Have you noticed that sugar is at all-time highs right now? Is your portfolio properly protected against a worst-case scenario? That's my, my bad impression of Glenn Beck pushing sugar, pushing gold. But did you know that sugar is at an all-time high right now? Did you? Did you? Should you run to your local grocery store and buy a, a box of sugar as a way to hedge against inflation, as a way to play the weaker dollar? 
Should you? Should you? How annoying is how annoying am I today? On a on a scale of one to ten, have I hit ten yet on on annoyance? I'm trying. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. So sugar is rocking and rolling, and I bring this up in large part because I think as a society we're pretty stupid. We see Glenn Beck and we go, he's successful. He's got a radio show. He's successful. He's got a TV show. He talks about having sugar in your portfolio or gold in your portfolio. But why isn't he talking about sugar? It's a commodity. It's the same exact concept. Now, sugar's been rocking and rolling. And yeah, you could actually buy sugar. You could actually invest in sugar. And again, I don't know. I'm not trying to make fun of the man. But we as a society, we can get a little bit too close-minded. We can say, uh, we can focus a little bit too much on gold. We understand gold. We understand that the Aztecs had gold, right? We understand the easiest concepts possible. And by the way, I'm taking your phone calls. And don't be shy. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I got the Today Show on, on the monitor. And they're showing Kathy Lee Gifford and Coda um, riding bulls. There's nothing attractive about an upper middle-aged woman riding a bull. A mechanical bull. It's kind of sexy when it's a 25-year-old girl, but it's not very sexy when it's a 50-year-old woman. Just between you and me, I think that was a bad TV that probably sterilized me and made me impotent forever. Anyway, back to sugar. So the world's biggest sugarcane processor is a company called CZZ. They went to a 15-month high as the price of the sweetener rose in New York and demand for the fuel pushed ethanol prices up in Chicago. Now, sugar for March delivery is now at 27 Point twenty six cents a pound. That's the highest since the contract began trading. There's a company called Bungie, ticker symbol BG. Some people just call it Bunge, but because I'm perfect at what I do, all my shows go to the Smithsonian Institute. I correctly enunciate the E at the end of it, so it's Bungie. So anyway, sugar for delivery rose to 27.26 cents a pound. I know you're saying, Rob, why doesn't Glenn Beck do a commercial for this? Because it's a commodity. It's sitting at its all-time high. The news about Bungie, it helps that, you know, it's been out there for a while. What's really driving the price of sugar at 27 cents? It's a big question at this point in time. There's another public traded company called um, Imperial Sugar, ticker symbol IPSU. Bungie is ticker symbol BG. So as that commodity continues to hit highs, these stocks do well because that's what they sell. Imperial Sugar, it, it reached a long-awaited settlement with insurance carriers valued at $345 million dollars. Tied towards a business interruption. They had a business interruption tied towards something. And property damage is probably what it was. And when you produce sugar and your property gets damaged, you sue the insurance company and they sue you back and they ultimately get to where you want. So one analyst is actually calling Imperial Sugar a $30 stock, even though it's only a $14 stock. Sugar prices continue to move upward. So Imperial Sugar could move fast. Is that your stock tip for 2010? Maybe. I don't know. You know what I think my stock tip for 2010 is going to be? (laughs) I'll tell you next hour. Next hour, I'm going to give you the best stock tip for 2010. So, but sugar. And again, I bring this up. Why do I bring it up? I think I bring it up in large part to show you. Let me ask Heidi real quick, because I don't know if I made my point. When we turn on the TV and we see, you know, the savages and the Becks and the Limbaugh's pushing gold, we go, okay, gold's at a high. Maybe I should buy some. Because the stock market's not at a high. And you kind of get the concept of you can see what it's doing. 
But the things that they don't tell you is like gold has a 30% markup when you buy it in a coin. When you mint gold, it loses value. I know. It's, it's an odd concept, right? But if it's a big old chunk of gold, if it's a big old rock, it's better valued. So why do I bring this up? Why do I bring this up? Why do I bring this up? Because do you get the concept that sugar's at an all-time high and there's other ways of playing commodities? Do you, did, that, my, did my little diatribe on sugar work or was it not pointed enough or did, was I too broad? Heidi, you tell me. Well, I get the point that if that sugar is a commodity, right. that makes sense. Okay. Um, and it makes sense to me that if Glenn Beck is going to push gold, he might as well push all commodities. Right, right, right. Um, Can you see with him with a big old bag of Domino sugar? <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny? Um, but I don't see that it's likely to happen. Well, and see, I think it's actually more relevant. For instance, if you see, if you have a bag of sugar and, you know, people from India drink tea, right? Sure. So that's actually more in, in a nuclear holocaust. You would actually have something that people would want, a sweetener. For instance, I'm reading the book called The Road, and they find it. Uh, it's about a nuclear holocaust, and they find a Coca-Cola, and it's like God. It's like they're, they treat it like, whoa, now this is something worth fighting for and killing people for. Anyway, I don't know. So we're going to start rating my segments. How, how would you give my sugar segment? A through F? What would you say, Heidi? Ooh, um, uh, seven. 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 I have something to aspire to. So everyone on the blog, talk910.com, 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 you can now rate my segments if you want to. I think that's a pretty funny idea. Tell me when I'm doing something right. Tell me when I'm doing something wrong. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's talk a little bit about homes. In large part, in large part, because I think this is one of the three things that I'm looking forward to in 2010 to see how the story plays out. Home prices rose modestly in October. That's good news, right? We know that home prices have been falling since 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009. So home prices rose modestly in October, mostly because of a flood of buyers seeking to take advantage of the government's offer for a tax credit. So already you get one piece of data. Oh, and they're showing that old woman riding a bull again on NBC. How unfortunate. How, how unfortunate. Anyway, the Standard Poor's Case-Shiller Home Price Index a widely watched measure of the housing market in 20 metropolitan areas. It rose four-tenths of a percent in September on a seasonally adjusted basis. Fifth consecutive month, the prices are up. Now, again, it's misleading. Is it prices are up because last year at this time, we were buying foreclosures? And this year, we're buying homes that are down still 30% in value year over year, but they're not the foreclosures? It's, it's very, very tough to, to analyze this data because if you just look at it on a static view... You're not going to see what you need to see. You need to look at it on a dynamic view or maybe an onion view and understand there's multiple layers. Seasonal adjustments tend to hide any weakness in the in the cooler months when fewer houses are actually sold. That's another important thing. We're in the cooler months. We've started to see the possibility of either a leveling off of prices or perhaps a double dip. We have not seen prices move up enough to say that we're out of the housing recession. We're seeing a leveling off or a double dip scenario where we dip further next year. Housing remains under severe stress. It's a market that's not going to fix itself instantaneously because the government's extensive hands in it. It's, it's not been led up to the free markets to decide. There's been expansive support, and that's starting to reach its limit. Tax credits have been renewed until next spring. Effects are likely to diminish thereafter. A lot of people thought the tax credits would only last through November, so they rushed out to buy their home. Well, now they got extended through you know, next spring. So that's going to help a little bit, but it's going to be nominal because people have already rushed into the market. There's a guy named Dan Greenhouse. 
Dan Greenhouse. Who's Don Greenhouse? He's chief economic, strate- economic strategist for Miller Tabak. Now, they're a pretty hardcore research group. They wrote in a research note that it's more likely that prices have a bit further to fall, which should help continue supply and demand rebalancing and help fix the ongoing issues in the housing markets. That's right. Lower prices are good for the housing markets. It's finding your own level. You know, they say that there's a phrase, water finds its own level. Big rain comes and it floods your basement. Eventually it starts getting down to the, the, the level that it's supposed to be at. Water finds its own level. Housing needs to find its own level. And part of that is we got speculative on the upside. Whoop. Now we need to get kind of burning it off on the downside. We need to find where it's going to fall to. For instance, in the last three months, prices in San Francisco increased at an annual rate of 25%. Can you believe that? In the last three months. But again, that's coming off awful numbers. Now, Phoenix, Minneapolis was up 17%. Los Angeles was up 11%. Phoenix was up uh, 13%. Now, Vegas, the epicenter of the housing crash, shows no signs of recovery. Prices have fallen there for 38 months in a row. And they're barely above the level at which they were at the beginning of the decade. If you look at the last 10 years, the employment numbers look awful in the United States. The saving numbers look awful in the United States. Our wages look awful in the United States versus 10 years ago. So I think housing goes back to where it was 10 years ago at the start of the decade. California cities, you know, show the best month-to-month numbers. But again, it's all relative to where the numbers are coming from. Last year, it was a stink year, so we're slightly up on last year. Not good enough for me. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 800- Three four five five six three nine. I ain't gonna do the show without calls. We're gonna go to tape if we have to. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Virtual Rob Black two point oh. Um, talk nine ten dot com. Talk nine ten dot com. Nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Ooh, my 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. This segment, I'm going to try to get to New York City and the iPhone, what it has to do with you and me. And I'm going to try to get to men's underwear because it has something to do with the economy. I'm going to tell you what. I know you're saying, I think I'll sit through for the next 10 minutes and hear that, Rob, because that sounds really interesting. You just teased me perfectly. You just played me like an animal, which I think your radio management told pe- told you to do that. And yeah, I, I fell for it. So I got a beautiful tease out there to make you stick for the next 10 minutes. Let's go to Rachel in San Francisco. Rachel. Hi, Rob. I'm wondering what you think is going to happen to the Bank of America stock in the near future. Do you think Ra- it's going to go a lot farther down before it starts going up again? Rachel. Yeah. There's a simple rule on the show and you probably don't know it. No. I got 10 commandments. One of my commandments is you're only allowed to call once a month. Oh, well, they didn't. I told them it was me again, and they put me through. Sorry. You know what that does, Rachel? <laughs> what? It makes me look pathetic. <laughs> Do you want to make me look pathetic, Rachel? No, no, no. I love your advice. Anyone can get on the, on the, anyone in the United States can call this show, and the same woman calls twice in 30 minutes. <laughs> My mom doesn't even call twice in a month. <laughs> 
Well, I need your advice, and she put me through, so can you let me know your opinion or not? Sorry, in the Darwinian wood chipper you go. Okay. Rules are rules. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Was I too mean to her? <laughs> yes, I was. Cream is in this house. Cream, the best-looking person in Clear Channel. I can say that with a lot of comfort. He's a good-looking man. He's a good-looking man, and he's potent. He's got a kid. Good-looking and potent. He's spreading those genes. That's a good thing. I don't know if I ever told you my story about mm, the Amish. Have I ever told my story about the Amish, Heidi? It's a good story. A couple years ago, I, I was dating a, a girl who lived in up, Upper State, Pennsylvania. And uh, in Upper State, Pennsylvania, they got the Amish. And I don't know if you've seen the infomercial for the Amish fire log thing. It's pretty cool. But the Amish, their gene pool is so small that genetically they're dying off. And they're producing a lot of retarded children. A lot of retarded children. So a family of like 13, three or four of them will be retarded. A couple of them will have Down syndrome. A couple of them won't be able to smile. Like They've got these crazy diseases that run inside their community. So I was up there, and I was going into a, a store to get a soda. And an Amish man offered me $200 to have sex with his wife. I know. Rob Black, male prostitute. This story is so good, I can't be making it up. I was offered $200 to have sex with his wife. His wife looked like a dude. First and foremost... I'm never going to take money for sex. I'm just not that guy. I wish I was, but I'm not. Um, and second of all, I'm not going to have sex with a woman that looks like a dude. Um, so, no. The Amish community will die out if they don't get more genes, and they're that kind of desperate. So, if you're the type of guy who can't get, mm-hmm, consider moving to Amish country, because you might be able to spread your gene pool there. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Michael and San Ramon. Michael? Yeah, hi, Rob. How you doing? It's a good show. Good, thanks. Um, I'm just wondering, what's your take on investing in gold uh, in this type of economy or any type of economy? I um, mean, you know, I just don't see it really be any really great protection against the type of uh, financial flux uh, up or down. Now, what's your take on that? Gold is a hedge, and gold is a great hedge if you're wealthy. It's not an investment. Gold won't go out and come out with a new software. Gold won't come out with a new store or a new tablet PC. Gold won't go out and get a job. Gold won't earn more. Gold won't earn less. Gold is a rock. There's only so much of it on this planet. That's where the draw comes because we use gold in satellites and we use gold in communications. But it's a hedge. It's it's to me it's a it's a, a pretty poor hedge. So to me it looks like it's some type of some type of a hoarding hedge for people who hoard it. And you buy it up, and you hope that it, <clears throat> excuse me, you hope that everyone else goes to some type of barter economy, so that you can trade pieces of gold for other services. Is that am I have the right take on that? Or well, that's that's one of the takes on it. Another one is that it's a hard asset, and the dollar is a soft asset. The dollar gets devalued because we keep printing it. So there's more dollars out there, but yet you can't make more gold. We don't turn straw into gold, if you remember that old fairy tale. Um, so it's a hedge. It's a, it's a hard asset. And India is becoming more of a, a consumer economy. And in India, they consume a lot of gold jewelry. So there's a little bit of a play there. But to me, gold is a better hedge than it is an investment. And you shouldn't hedge until you get at least a million, two million, three million dollars. I think you accumulate other assets before you get to gold. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Rick in San Francisco. Rick? Hi, Rob. First time caller. I'm a very supportive uh, listener of other listeners. So I would like 
your opinion on Bank of America. Okay, because you're taking up for Rachel, again, into the Darwinian wood chipper you go. Had you not said that, I would gladly have answered your Bank of America question. But, Rick, you are on you are on restriction. You cannot call back for at least one month. Leave now with your tail between your legs. Let's go to Stephen in San Bruno. Stephen in San Bruno, how are you, Stephen? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm okay. I'm not going to ask a B of A question. Oh, you can ask because you're not related <laughs> to those two. Um, NLY, Annalie, it was recommended on another talk show, and it's got a... Hold on, wait, wait, wait. What other talk show? This, I don't even know what the name of it is. Uh, they, they just deal with stock recommendations. Okay, so what you need to know is I'm the only financial show out there that is not an infomercial. That's good to know. For instance, there's two old guys who are on 1220. One of them's senile. One of them is actually senile. And he gives investment advice. That's not a good combination. If you can't remember what you had for breakfast today, you probably shouldn't be giving information. Those were the two guys who recommended Yukos Oil at thirty bucks a share, only to see Yukos go down to zero. So you got to be really careful, Stephen. I listen to them because one of them's senile and one of them has a lisp. To me, it's good comedy. It's damn funny to hear a guy with lisp talk about stock investments. I don't know. Call me mean, call me cruel, but there's something lovable about those retards that I like. Um, but uh, not investment wise. As far as Annalie goes, and I know who the show is because I listen to the competition, and I, I literally eat the competition for breakfast. I fear competition, and I'm better than Lucia. I'm better than – well, I'm not better than Kramer. I think Kramer's got something unique, so I'll give him that. I'm better than Lucia. I'm better than that, that hoe bag, um, I'm, 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 Susie Arman. Um, and the two old guys, they're not even in my league. They're not even in my league. Um, and they're just an infomercial. They pay $800 an hour. For a show, that sucks. That's pathetic. Um, because the, Why? Because they want to act like they're smarter than you to get you as a client. So Annalie invests in capital. It's a ticker symbol, NLY, NLY. And thanks for the call. It's pretty speculative. It's an investment REIT. The company invests and manages mortgage-backed securities. Mortgage-backed securities is what destroyed our credit crisis and destroyed our banks, right? So you already know they're already playing with some collateralized mortgage applications Agency callable debt. Uh, certificates are issued at high-quality mortgages. So they tend to go after high-quality, expensive mortgages like mine. So they're not going for the Stockton home. They're going for the San Carlos or the Palo Alto home. By the way, Greg Poops, who's going to be on the show tomorrow? Home city is my home city of San Carlos. I'm so proud. He is the, the child that came out of San Carlos, and he never looked back, and he stepped on people all the way up and... Anyway, I wish I could be that person. Anyway, um, their assets are high quality. So if you believe the mortgage market's going to continue to improve and you believe housing is going to continue to improve, then you would love Annalie Mortgage. So that's the thesis that you would buy it on. I personally think that housing's gone a little bit too far, a little bit too fast. Um, if you take a look at a long-term chart on this company, the company did a massive devaluation, a massive devaluation. Um, the dividend on it is way too high. It cannot be supported. The dividend will collapse the company. Um, a company can grow at 8% fairly reasonably. A company cannot pay out 16% of their debt on a regular basis without hurting shareholders or without running out of money. So I would call it speculative, tied towards the housing market, tied towards um, the credit crisis improving. Keep in mind that we still have about 100 small banks that are going to go under because of credit exposure to commercial property. That's not what they do, but it's kind of tight. It's kind of like the, the twin brothers. Not twin brothers. Maybe they're Amish twins. Oh, 
poor Amish. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up, I'm going to talk underwear. I promise you. I'm going to talk iPhone in New York as well. See, I'm going to tease you in the next segment because I can control your mind and make you stay and make my ratings go higher. That tease, you fell for it. Black, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Welcome again to the big show. Something fun this year for New Year's, but I have no plans. If you've got any great ideas, let me know. Tomorrow at this time, I'm going to have Greg Proopst on the show. And he's um, funny. He's a funny man, and he's got New Year's Eve celebration plans. And I'm going to talk to him about whose line is it anyway, and being a funny man, and coming out of San Carlos, California, and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Greg Proopst on tomorrow. If you want, if you have any questions for Greg, email me, Rob, R-O-B, at robblack.com. It may be my last show ever. I'm going to start saying that because at some point in time, I'm going to die. And it'll look like I was Nostradamus. I know you're saying. Good, Rob. Good. Um, this segment, I'm going to talk New York City and Apple. I'm going to talk underwear and economic indicators. And I'm going to talk about the joys of coffee. The joys of coffee. Oh, and by the way, I've come up with a great, great way of not shaking people's hands. I've learned a great way. I hate shaking people's hands. Def- definitely in the flu in, in wintry season. Hate it, hate it, hate it. So when people try to shake, I go, oh, I got a flesh-eating bacteria on my hands. It works. People don't want to shake your hand when you say that. Gets me out of many, 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 many germs. So I highly recommend you steal the Rob Black, I don't want to shake your hand form of communication. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. So iPhone, there was a big story over the weekend that I didn't get to yesterday because I failed you. But I'm getting to it today. AT&T froze online sales of the iPhone. Weird, right? Why would they do that? Ultimately, AT&T had a lack of explanation. A lot of blogs started firing up questions. They added fuel to questions about whether the company's network can handle iPhone traffic, especially in dense urban markets. AT&T has come under scrutiny because of the exclusive deal for the iPhone, where customers download data, and the iPhone, people love it to the point that they use it. They surf the web. They watch videos at a much higher rate than non-iPhone users. As high-end phones download more data and run more applications that become more popular, there's an app for that, companies like Verizon and Sprint, they could face the same challenges down the road because AT&T is the poster child of data consumption because they have the iPhone. Now, a phone from Google, it's going to be available this year. It's already the droids out there, but there's going to be a new Google phone that's going to be uh, available to all carriers. And when that happens, the limit of spectrum is going to be really challenged because it's going to be as good as an iPhone or close to an iPhone. So, I don't know. I don't know. People in New York actually go against the iPhone because the AT&T deal because data consumption is so bad there. What's that tell you? Are we just going to sit there idly by and let that happen? Or are we going to build more towers? Company for 2010 
company for 2010 that you may want to look at is American Tower. American Tower. Let's get a May in Fairfax. May? Yes. Um, I have a diverse um, portfolio, but I have about $10,000 that I'd like to speculate. Um, and I, uh, somebody gave me the name of a stock. I'd like your opinion on it. It's called CNET. Um, and I'm not very up on the technology stock, so I just want to get a second opinion. You can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. <laughs> I don't take, I don't advise taking advice from friends unless no. they're in the industry and they really know something. Right, but you're not. So, um, what, what's your opinion on it? Um, I think you got bad advice. CNET was acquired by CBS last year. Uh huh. You can't buy them anymore. There's, you can't publicly, they're not publicly traded. Oh, so you'd be buying CBS. Uh huh. And CNET, uh, are you spelling it letter C N E T? Yes, yes. Yeah, they got acquired, so they're gone. Did you know I used to work for CNET? No, I didn't know that. It's a good story. If you got an hour, I'll tell it to you. You got an hour? (laughs) No, but I'd be interested in in, uh, your reaction. Do you want the condensed version? Yes, please. Um, I was living on the East Coast, running a a business, and I hated it because there's a lot of racial tension there. Uh Um, I'm not a black person on the outside, but I'm a black person on the inside. Um, so I wanted to move to the West Coast, and I've always dreamed of the West Coast. So yeah. when 9-11 terrorism hit, I was like, hey, there's a good chance to move to the, the, the West Coast. And my first show on CNET Radio was 9-10-2001. So my second show was 9-11-2001. And oh. the Bay Area fell in love with me because during that economic crisis, I said, bye, 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 bye. And everyone else didn't quite get that. And I was telling people to sell tech stocks on a tech radio station. It, it was kind of it changed my life for the better, I think. Interesting. Very interesting. Is it very interesting? And here you are, nine ten now. <laughs> Is it nine ten? Oh yeah, I, I am. And it was nine ten a.m. back then on CNET Radio, yeah, and now yeah. I'm back on nine ten. So it, it's a perfect f- circle. So for you, yes. Uh, so CBS, then, uh, if you were to invest with them, uh, yeah. Again, second opinion. Sure. Um, what do you? Th- how do you feel about that? I think CBS is starting to look a little bit better because they've been in the toilet for five plus years. And what I mean by that is we've shifted eyeballs to the Internet to watch some of our CBS shows. And by the way, the biggest mistake ABC Disney ever made, turning down CSI. They turned down CSI, which I don't like the show, uh-huh. but they turned it down. It, was, it, it turns out to be pretty dramatic. Um, oh, yeah. I like CBS at these prices, to tell you the truth, for 2010, because I think the economy is improving, which advertising should improve. And we're starting to see companies say, you know what, this free business model of Hulu stinks. Comcast bought NBC, and they're going to basically put the kibosh on free. Um, So I think we're going to start getting some micropayments tied towards TV stations. And there's another angle on this that I can go even further with you, because I love you, and you're a listener, and I take good care of my listeners. I don't throw them under the bus. Um, But there's a Time Warner Cable and News Corp. They're battling right now about Fox TV stations. And ultimately, Time Warner Cable, they don't want to pay a dollar to get Fox TV, but they'll probably end up paying 40, 50, 60 cents. So network TV is now starting to get paid to be on cable networks, um, which I think bodes well for the CBSs of the world. So I think CBS now is starting to look like a good play for 2010. I'm not telling you to go out and buy it, though, May. No, I understand. Okay. Uh, um, however, having acquired CNET, which is a totally different uh company, isn't it, uh-huh. um, as a package deal, um, you, you think it's uh, healthy enough? 
at this point because of CBS. I think they actually made a huge mistake by buying CNET. Oh. It's a company that they paid billions of dollars for, yeah. um, and they were never able to monetize it. CNET's business model was never really smart because they had this great technology reviews and technology opinions, but they weren't able to drive traffic or clicks to uh, paid traffic um, as, as efficiently as they should have been able to. But they got three million tech products that they review and give information on. You can find them in tied towards Yahoo and Best Buy and tech data. Like You'll see them in places. Um, in large part because the CNET review means so much. Um, before I buy a camcorder, I go out and check out the CNET review of it, the, the pros and the cons. I think they do a really good side job of it, but I don't see the business model of it making a lot of sense for CBS. CBS, they they didn't have a good website for sports. They bought CBS, they bought Sportsline. Um, they didn't, they kind of bought their way into the internet. Um, Les Moonves is probably not the smartest, and I say this with all due respect, probably not the smartest CEO when it comes to things digital. He acquired a lot of properties at very high costs um, versus building the properties or integrating them after they had failed as a business model. So good luck to you, May. Thanks for the call. So I'll tell more stories about me living on the East Coast and being a white person on the outside, but a soul brother on the inside. There's a lot of race relation. There's a lot of racial tension in the East Coast. Like if you go into a 7-Eleven, black people don't like people with Asian color skin on them, and they don't like the white people, and the white people don't like them. And it's just, it's tense. It's tense to go into a 7-Eleven to get a soda. I know you're saying, I don't believe you, Rob. Trust me. Go to the East Coast and try, and, and, and walk into a, a densely populated uh, 7-Eleven, and you'll feel racial tension. So... It's thick out there. Now, that's not the reason I moved to the West Coast. I moved to the West Coast for a completely different reason. Kareem, do you agree with me? You've got a little color on your skin. I don't see you as a, a person of color, but you look white to me. Have you ever been to the East Coast? And how was the, was it racial? Was there racial tension or am I making that up? It, it, it was. It was. But I've also lived in the South and that was a lot more, there was a lot more tension between the races down South, like in Texas and and we, we and we don't get that here in, in no, California. No, actually, I was in the military, so when I got shipped out and first meeting some people from the Midwest, and uh-huh. I realized that we come from a, actually a very unique area because we're so diverse. We go to school with Asians and Indians and you know Pacific Islanders and you know so on, and so we don't ever really think like the rest of the country is not like this, but it's not. And like parts of Iowa are ninety eight point five percent white. Oh, I believe it. So and it's I pretty crazy. It. Now, in the military, let me ask you a question about that. Um, in the military, you're literally hanging out with 20 other guys in your battalion or your troop or whatever it is. Yes. Um, Sweaty some men. Of, some of them are black. Some of them are white. Some yes. of them are Asian. Yes. Um, you lose your racial tension there because— Well, yeah, because you're all—the the experience you're going through is, 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 is strenuous, and so you form bonds with the people that are going through the same experience. And so be it being black or white or him or her, you know, being whatever color they are— um, you, you have some type of bond because you're, you're going through a similar experience. My father was a colonel in the Army, and being raised in that environment, I was told if you ever tease anyone about the color of their skin, he would beat me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they don't. It's not tolerated in the military. No. So, no. Uh, anyway, I thought that was an interesting conversation. It was Thanks, nice to talk to you. It was nice talking to Kareem. Kareem the Dream intern. Um, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. So I did the iPhone story. Let's talk about underwear. You can see what's going to happen on Wall Street based on underwear. I can't make this up, right? You can see what's going to happen on Wall Street based on lines at movie theaters. You can see what's going to happen on Wall Street based on taking a look at your neighbor's yard. Are they growing vegetables or not? When people get scared, they go to movies. When people get scared, they don't buy underwear. And when people get scared, they grow gardens. 
So you can also see like beer sales. Beer and liquor stores sales are down two and a half percent year over year. Children's clothes, pawn shops, and hamburgers, you can see are all doing very well. The companies like McDonald's, they got that dollar menu. Next thing you know, Wendy's has got a dollar menu. Next thing you know, um, everyone's got a dollar menu. So we're obsessed with measurement, and it's interesting to see. Ben Bernanke, the chairman in federal, of the Federal Reserve, he cited an array of macroeconomic indicators pointing to a recovery. And one of them is that people are starting to buy underwear again. There's a little bit of a mother-in-law you know, mentality here of what we're watching other people do. And I think it's kind of in, like, for instance, paperboard. If you see paperboard boxes, if you see the production go up, that's that's good. Ultimately, what that is is that says we're going to be shipping more things. Paperboard goes into cereal and beer and toothpaste. So plunged paperboard boxes did, plunged during the uh, recession, started to roar back. Pets are an economic indicator as well. Some animal shelters have been swamped with pets surrendered by owners who have lost their homes to foreclosure, who can no longer afford the animals. In one of the hardest hits parts of the United States in Arizona, um, animal abandonment has doubled in 2008 from a year earlier. So again, now we're in 2009, 2010. So it's a little bit of a, a theory. It's a little bit of a phenomenon. We buy more underwear. We expand the lifespan of our underwear in bad economies. 800-345-5639. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.